today I want to talk about what happens when you say yes. When you say yes to something. There is a supernatural thing that's been happening in, our, in my home the last couple of weeks with Mandy and I, and, and it, it goes around this topic right here, that the, sim, the simple power and the authority of me determining to say yes to the right thing shifts everything in my life. <clears throat> Let's start here. How many have ever tried to stop doing something that you know wasn't pleasing to the Lord? And we say no, right? We're saying no to that thing. I'm saying no to this thing, God. How hard is it to say no when I haven't said a big yes? See, we think that the no is the vital, most important part of the sequence, but really it's what I've said yes to that's most important. And when I say yes to the right thing, the no's take care of themselves because my yes is my focus. See, when my focus is on no... And I'm thinking of no, my focus is on no. I can only see no. I can only hear no. I can only think no. But if I turn my focus to yes, then all I see is yes. All I focus on is yes. My thought processes go through what does it mean to say yes to this thing? I don't even have to think about the no. So let's do this. Go ahead to the next slide, babe. This is what it looks like with our decisions that we get to make. This is just a, a, a picture of our choices that we get to make right now. We have all of these things pulling at us, wanting our attention, wanting our yes. Am I telling the truth? Every day, things pulling at us, wanting our attention and our yes. So we have to determine, I don't want any clouds. So let's get rid of the clouds. That's not my yes. The clouds are not my yes. So the clouds are gone because I said yes to something else. The clouds are gone. All right? Now I'm honing in what's important to me. I don't want any distractions, which is lightning. Like they're the things that rise up and they say, hey, you need to give me your attention right now. It's lightning. You have to look at me. No, I don't have to look at you because I've said yes to something else. So I'm getting rid of the distractions because I'm saying yes to something else. And then I don't really want the triangles. The triangles, uh, they, they kind of make me nervous. They're not, it's not important to my life right now, so I'm going to get rid of the triangles. You still with me? And you're like, I'm not really feeling the red X's. This is not my life. This is not what God's called me to. That doesn't determine, that doesn't deserve my yes. So bye-bye, red X's. Actually, I don't want any X's in my life. Let's just get rid of all the X's. That, that represents something that I don't need. It's not powerful. It's not strong. It's not what my focus needs to be. So bye-bye X's. Now I'm down. I kind of know what I want. I want something that's round and circular. I want circles. But man, there's a lot of different circles out there, right? There's different sizes. So I don't want any. I think it's the next one. Sorry. It's the red circles. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I don't want any red circles. That's not my focus. That's not what God's called me to in this season, in this time. The, the red circles may not be bad, but they're not because they're circles. I've determined my focus should be circles, but I'm honing in that it shouldn't be red circles right now. Come on. Yeah. And now I, I don't want any whatever's next. I don't want any of those smiley things that bring, bring pleasure right now. This, these things, they may not be a bad thing, but I don't need them right now. Yeah, they're circles, they fit into the grand scheme, but not right now. Timing's not right. So let's just, 
say yes to something better and no to those things, right? And then I don't really want the black circles. That's just not the ones that I want. That's not calling. It's not speaking to me. And, you know, I really don't want the blue circles either. There's only one that really matters. So this is how we make decisions. It went from this, next, this, all these choices. You can't make those many cho- that many choices. It's not possible. Uh, we've talked about this, Paul and I have. Like you get decision uh, fatigue. You have to make so many decisions that you're like, man, I don't want to make another one. So we make a dumb one or we don't make one at all, which is still a decision. And God wants us to get to this one thing. Come on, next slide. One thing. It's to say yes to one thing. Everyone say, I want to say yes to one thing. And here's what happens. When we say yes to one thing and our focus shifts, then God adds something back to us. Then we're like, oh, I can have the blue circles? Next. Guess what? I get the black circles too. Because I got down to one thing. Now, I also get the smiley faces that brings joy to my life, the fun, the pleasure, right? And then guess what else I get? I get the red circles too. I get all of it. Why? Because I singled it down to one thing. And when I seek first, Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, now I get everything else thrown in. All of these things will be added to me. You know how he adds? He adds things to our life that are according to the one thing. Yeah. You notice he didn't add any clouds. He didn't add any lightning. He didn't add any triangles. He added back to our life things that were centered around the one thing. God wants us to pursue one thing. And when we seek that one thing, he will add things that are in that grouping to our life. He will add it to us. Come on. This is where we're at as a church. God is wanting us to make a decision, to put a mark in the ground and say, this is, this is the one thing I'm going after, God. All this other stuff, it doesn't mean it's sin. It doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it's not what my focus should be on. God, when I get down to what I should focus on, you get to determine what you add back to my life. Amen? We could just stop. (laughs) We may just stop. Man. That's absolutely true. It chokes it out. Like, I, I remember hearing, I'm not a lawn guy, but I hear the, the way to get rid of, get rid of, porky pigs here today. The way to get rid of weeds is not to focus on the weeds, but it's to create a healthy lawn. And when you have a healthy lawn, the weeds have no place to go because the healthy ones kill out the weeds. But we like to focus on the weeds instead of having a healthy lawn. God wants us to have a healthy garden. It's our heart. He wants our thought life to be pure. And here's the thing. I know this sounds really basic and completely simplistic, but that is the gospel. When you determine the one thing and make a decision and say, God, that's my yes, I promise you he will rearrange your entire life. He will rearrange your desires. He will rearrange your passions. He will rearrange the things that pull on your heart. Come on. He'll rearrange even the distractions. You know what will happen if we put the one thing there? My distractions will feed the one thing. 
Like, what do you mean? Well, if I'm in the grocery store, instead of being distracted and frustrated with someone taking up the whole aisle or being rude to me, now I notice that they need prayer. (laughs) Instead of being frustrated with them, now I have a different purpose that goes back to my one thing. But if my one thing's off, then all those other distractions are going to feed the off-centered thing. But if I get Christ-centered and I put him where he belongs and I seek first the kingdom, then it makes my life so much easier. Come on. You know what happens when we say yes? It's determining what our values are. The The way we know what our values are, we look at what we say yes to. And when we decide what's valuable to us and we say yes to that, then things that are like that will be attracted to us. You know that's true? Do you know that? It's attracted to us. If I have a poor attitude and I just want to yell and fight, it, fight with someone, the day will provide people for me to fight with. Yeah. Yes, it will. <laughs> Come on. The universe will provide, right? People for me to, oh, I just want to give it to somebody today. I'm just looking. I can't do it to my wife and my kids. But boy, if someone's, the universe will provide someone for me to let it out. Because what I've determined I need, what I've determined is my focus will be attracted to me. If it's drama, drama will find me. Ouch. If it's controversy, controversy will find me. If it's frustration with leaders, at work, at church, in the United States of America, I will find, find people that are frustrated with leaders will find me. You're like, man, why are all these cranky people around me? I wonder why. The yes in me has attracted them to me. It's the, it's the absolute truth. Many people live in turmoil. Come on. They're striving and they're in confusion. There's a, a clinical term called cognitive dissonance. It's like when you believe something, but then there's like this, this battle because decisions, uh, experiences, things that we go through don't line up with what I say I believe. So there's this tension between do I really believe this or not? Like it's almost like you believe two things at once, which you can't do, right? And so there are many Christians that are living in turmoil right now. Like, man, nothing just feels like it's working. I'm just frustrated. This is not what I signed up for. And we live in this place of turmoil. And you know why? Because we've said yes to something that we shouldn't have said yes to. There's a tension between what I say I really want, but but what I really value. It doesn't line up. So most people, what they will do is instead of changing their values, they'll just compromise. And you're like, man, we should have stopped five minutes ago. <laughs> it, it, to release the tension. I don't want to have to really dig deep and figure out what's going on in here and what I've said yes to. So I would just lessen and I will compromise that the, so that the tension will go away. How many knows it, man? When you're a believer, the tension does not go away. Yeah. Come on. Come on. <sighs> what happens is we need to say yes to a better thing. We need to surrender. See, when we say yes to something, our options are decreased. This is, I love this right here. When I say yes to something, I have limited my options. 
which now gives me the strength and the mental capacity to only focus on what I've determined is important. If it's not important, it doesn't deserve my time. If it's not important, it doesn't deserve my mental uh, gymnastics. I don't have to think about this thing. It is not in my list. And it's amazing what happens when we say yes, and it limits these things that we're responsible for. It limits the things that are pulling for our affections. The amount of information that we have to take in gets lessened down to something we can manage because we said yes to it. Come on. All right, we read Matthew 6.33, but here's what happens that I want to I close out with this, these thoughts. So when we say yes, there's, there's two things that, that happen, right? Matthew 6.33, we say yes, then these things will be added to us. That's the first thing. When I say yes, God will add things to my life that fit in with my yes. Makes sense? Well, we've talked a lot about this, right? And, and he will bring things that will be attracted to the thing we've said yes to. And all the scenarios that we find ourselves in will be a- attached to our yes instead of something else. <clears throat> Amen? That's God bringing things to us. That's fun. I love that part. I love it when I just sit back and say, hey, Jesus, I've said yes. Now bring me what I need, right? And he does that. That's part of it. But then there's a second part that's in Matthew 7, verse 7. It says, ask and keep asking. Seek and keep seeking. Knock and keep knocking. See, there are things when we say yes that God will bring to us. And a lot of us think that that's Christianity. But Christianity has two sides to this thing. There are things that God brings to us, and there are things that we have to go after for ourselves. We have to ask, seek, and knock. Come on. The things that have our attention, the things that we want, we will pursue after those things. Right now, many of us have said yes, but we didn't pursue something. We, we said yes to a good thing, and we're waiting for God to add it to our life because he does that. But this isn't something he's going to add. This is something we have to partner with him and go after by faith. Yeah. Man, we had a great Sunday school this morning where we talked about faith. And, and this is what, what we came to, and I, I was reading this uh, uh, from, from Hebrews 11, and it lists, Abel offered God a better sacrifice. And Abraham, believing God was faithful, left a land that was familiar to him to go to an unfamiliar place to receive a promise. And Moses did this, and Noah, by faith, did this. And it goes down the list, and it gets to the end, and it says, and guess what? All of these people were, were pleasing to God by their faith. They earned God's favor by their faith, and none of them received the full promise. And, we're, and there's that thought that says, well, the only way I can please God is to, f- to reach the fullness, the X, the, the destination. No, the, the thing that pleases God is the pursuit in faith. Come on, listen to me. The thing that pleases God, when we say yes to something and we're like, God, that's the one thing. That's the thing. And what pleases God is when I point my affections at that thing and I go after it, that pleases the Lord. It doesn't mean that we get it right every time. It just means that I said yes to something and I'm willing to put my life on the risk for it. And these people put their life on the risk They took steps of faith, crazy steps of faith. And it says not one of them reached the fullness of their promise. And then he tells us why. 
It says, because only through us finishing the race will they have the full promise and us have the full promise. It takes the past, it takes the present, and it takes our kids and our grandkids in the future to fully fulfill all the promises of God. But here's the key. We have to say yes, and we have to go for it. We are at a place as a church where it's time for us to go for it. You are in a place right now where it's time for you to go for it. Like, well, what if I make a mistake? Good. Good. As long as you're pointed in the right direction, come on, what's the big deal? I'm not saying moral failure. Obviously, I would never say that. I'm not saying sin. Obviously, I would never say that. But what I am saying is, God, that's got my attention because it's the one thing. It's what my heart longs for. You've placed it in me. I'm going after it. I may not know how to get there, but I'm going for it. And then we had the the whole thing with the GPS. How many of you have ever made a mistake with your GPS and you made a wrong turn? What does she say? Rerouting. Does she say, oh, you stupid driver? You stupid driver. What are you doing? Turn the car off. You have lost your right to drive. Put the keys on the dash and just get out. No, all she says is rerouting. In other words, you can still get there from here. Like, man, I messed up. It's okay. You can still get there from here. God can still get you there from where you are. How? You're going to have to take faith again and take a step. You're like, well, what if I turn wrong again? It's okay. You can still get there from there too. He will get you there. Always. You're like, well, it may take longer. It doesn't matter how long it takes. We are so, all of us, that's what we focus on. Well, this is taking way too long. That's probably the, the number one thing everyone that goes through a waiting process for a promise to happen, that's probably the number one thing that drives us the craziest. Man, how long am I going to have to wait for this thing? How long until this happens? How long until God adds this thing? How long until I, I find the right path? How long, how long? It doesn't matter how long it takes. What matters is that you, by faith, take the journey. You will get there when he wants you to get there. And guess what? David wanted to build a temple for God. He longed, he set his heart's affection on building a temple for God. He said, I want to make a tabernacle, a place for you to dwell in. It was David's heart. The Psalms that he wrote ah, were about making a place for him. He was like, I would rather even be a doorkeeper in your house. He was always talking about the house of the Lord. And he didn't get to build it for God. But his son did. And David's yes to this one thing. Got the money, built up the kingdom so that it was powerful enough and had the resources to build this tabernacle for God. And then his son came along and built the temple for God. So guess what? It's not about getting the thing that we want in the time that we want. What really matters is that I've said yes to this thing and I'm on a journey. And I'm not going to stop I may not even see it. You know, there's this thing that I want. I want a church that's healthy and whole, that has miracles, signs and wonders, where there's lots of people, lots of activity. That's really what I want. I don't talk about it a lot, but that's what I want. Man, I would love to have to have 150 people in the parking lot to help traffic. I would love that. That would be so great, right? But guess what? I may never see that. 
But what if I hand it to my sons? What if I hand it to your sons? What if you hand it to your daughters? What if they're the ones? And what if me being obedient now, doing the stuff that's not fun, digging the ditches, repairing water leaks, building walls. I'm just throwing stuff. This is truth, right? This is just truth. What if I have to do all that stuff, but I'm doing it in a, in a direction? What if, am I willing to do that for my kids and my grandkids? Come on. Yeah, I think I am. And I think I could be very happy doing that and never fully seeing it. I want to see 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 it with all my heart. But I can tell you right now that I feel very content as long as I'm going in that direction where he's called me to, then it doesn't matter what it looks like here. I can do that. Our heart is set on a pilgrimage. Come on. Psalm 84, read it. It says, though we go through the valley of tears and through weeping the valley of Baca, it says that we have set our heart on a pilgrimage. And we will cause it to rain in the desert when we do that. Something happens when we set our heart on one thing. It may look dead. It may look small. It may look insignificant. But if we'll set our heart on the right thing and say yes to that, and he begins to add stuff to our life, and we begin to pursue things along that path, guess what happens? We may be in the middle of a desert, but there's going to be trees of life all around us. Because we go for it. Amen? But there's a, there's a law that we have to follow, and it's a law of first things. Because see, where our treasure is, our heart will be also. Where we, where we put our treasure, our heart will follow, it will pursue. And C.S. Lewis said it, said it best. He said, put first things first, and we get second things thrown in. Put first things first, and we get second things thrown in. Put second things first, and we lose both first and second things. And then he says it like this. If you aim at heaven, you will get earth thrown in. But if you aim at earth, you will get neither. Now we are at, and I'm closing with this. We are at a moment in time where the the church that we belong to, the American church, the Western church, has a decision to make. Man, I love the prosperity that's happened in the American church, the Western church. I love it. It's made missions around the world. It's It's made amazing things happen, but it has also crept in and become a first thing for a lot of us instead of a second thing. And God didn't call us to build these massive cathedrals with these bookstores where we're selling our own books and our albums. And I'm not against all of that stuff. That, it, that, those are second things. Those things happen as a fruit of the ministry, great. But they're not first things. And we're in a place where us, we have to decide, is the journey, is the purpose of pursuing God and building a house, a place for him, is it a worthy cause or is it not worthy? Is it a worthy cause? Is the kingdom a worthy cause? Here's why this is going to 
be important going forward. If it's a worthy cause, then we will be persecuted for it. When have you ever heard me talk about this? If it's a worthy cause, because of the direction that our nation is going, we will be persecuted for the beliefs that we have. We already are. It's already happening. But is it a worthy cause or not? You know what I loved about Dr. King? He peacefully protested. He didn't cause riots. He peacefully protested. And when he went against the laws, he was willing to go to jail for it. When he went against the laws of the land because of his beliefs, he was willing to be imprisoned for it. And that takes a character that I don't even know. So we have to come to a place where we put first things first, where no matter what they say about us or no matter what they do to us, we will still set our hearts on a journey. I know I'm ending really heavy. I didn't even plan to. I'm sorry. Is this worth it or not? Is this a worthy cause? Is this a worthy adventure? Is it worth going to jail? Is it worth churches losing tax exemption? Absolutely. Take it away. Is it, is it worth? Oh, man, I'm not going there. But that's, this is where we're at. We are here. And you and I have to choose this day whom we will serve. What did Joshua get up and tell him? Hey, look, Moses is dead. I'm not Moses. I have a different calling on my life. My calling is to go and to take over and to conquer and to enter into the promised land by victories and by warfare. So that's what I'm about. So just so you know right now, this is what I'm about. We're not going to wander in this wilderness anymore. We're going after this thing. So choose today whom you're going to serve. Are you going to serve God, whom I'm pursuing, or are you going to do the old stuff? This is your choice. Life or death, choose today. And I feel like that's where we are. Choose today whom we will serve. And I love what he said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We have decided. And, and go back to the beginning. When we make this decision, things fall into place. It's a law of first things. It's the law of first things. Would you stand? <clears throat> I guess the best way to, to close this out for my part before I hand it off to Hank and Ashley is for us to repent if we need to and to rededicate ourselves to the one thing if we need to. All right? So I'm going to be quiet. I'm not going to say another word in the mic. Whenever they're ready, Hank and Ashley will come and close it out. But I want us to find a place of prayer. You can stand if you want, kneel if you want. But we need to repent, and we need to rededicate ourselves to the one thing.